the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now, here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Well, good afternoon. Thanks for coming along today. Uh, Tomorrow's the day. What do you mean? If you've been counting down, uh, not the first day of fall, but tomorrow is uh, the day when supposedly thousands of people are set to storm (laughs) the area known as Area 51. Thousands of people. Thousands. Maybe perhaps a, a million or more. And listen to this. Now, this this was, you know, we've been talking about this off and on for the past month or six weeks or so, right? Yeah. So uh, a guy set up this fake, jokey Facebook page talking about, they can't stop all of us. Let's storm Area 51. Yeah. Now, you know, so people responded, I'm interested in going. I will go. Apparently, 1.5 million people have clicked the I will be going to storm Area 51. 1.5 million. People have already started to arrive. It's scheduled to happen on the 20th, which is tomorrow, um, Pacific Coast time, from 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. 3 a.m. Now, this could be Woodstock. This could be the alien Woodstock of our time. Get listen, Cal. Let me wait. wait, wait this this is what gives it validity. You know uh-huh. what gives it validity? I can't wait, dear. Betting sites are already taking odds on the number of people who will be arrested. All right, I am. I, I, I might be ready to lay down money for my first bet. Oh, you're going to bet on something? I've never bet on anything. Yeah, but, but this, this could be the first time. Why? Because I feel so certain about it. You think no one's going to show? No, there, there, someone's going to show. There's going to be 11 people there. What if there's a million people? There aren't going to be 11 people or a, a million people there. No, there are no. going to be 11 people. This is like uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's kind of what it feels like. The Richard Dreyfus Terry Gar film where people came in droves to see no, something. No, no. This is going to be like the party you threw at the last minute. <laughs> and, and I got like, a bag of chips. And like Mike showed up. I don't know, Kat. No, no, that's it. Seriously, if you've ever tried to throw out an invitation on Facebook mm-hmm. and you see how many people who say they're going to come and then compare it to the people who are with you in your living room later, it's incredibly small. No, wait, you're speaking of personal experience? You've done this? Well, I'm just, yes. What, you threw a party? Wait, I was not in an invitation. <laughs> Hold on. Well, thank I oh, threw it, it open on party. Fa- I threw it open on Facebook, John. Wait, so you're saying that the, there's a false narrative here? Yeah, because people are going to say, "Sure, that sounds like fun. Sure, I'll come." Except that they live in South Carolina or Idaho. They're not going to Nevada. For all we know, the area around that might be clogged with people right it's now. It's not clogged it with might people. Be. It's not. It's not. There are a couple people. There's probably now about three and a half people there who are congratulating themselves on being the first ones and they're talking about the other 600,000 that are going to come later who will never show. Earlier this week, there were already arrests. I read that. Earlier this week. So people have ventured into the zone and the Air Force is not fooling around here. 
I mean, yeah. I just think it's a really weird, cool thing. Okay, so this is what we're going to do. Hmm. We'll just like ask. So what's your, give me your estimate on who, how many people are going to show. How many people will show up? Yeah. Well, not 1.5 million. Oh, okay. Uh, I would uh, I would guesstimate. <clears throat> I wonder what, do you know what the over-under is from uh, like betting do, websites not, on this? No, uh-uh. Okay. No. No, I would say I would guesstimate um, 110,000. Okay, wait. Okay, so okay. John's going 110,000 right. and I'm going 11. <laughs> <laughs> Mike, you want to weigh in on that? You want to weigh this? in on that, Mike? Yeah. I okay. mean, if he goes in the middle, he's going to win. This is like, you know, right? I'm going to be it's like, like the price, price is right. Price is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> nice. Nice. Okay. okay. You may have already won. I'm, right. gonna, I'm saying 110,000. I'm being optimistic okay. here. Because there's a lot of crazy people in this world who want to be part of something that's really weird, right? Okay. It, I can't get, first off the link to Woodstock is absolutely so hilarious. Listen, um, their filmmakers are already on board. They're doing documentaries about this day. Yeah, but the the people who are the filmmakers are living in their parents' basement. I don't think so. With their iPhone. I think you're vastly underestimating this. Truly I do. Okay. I, I believe this may be like, you know, the first true internet-fueled phenomenon where masses of people show up. I believe that's true. What are they going to do if masses of people show up? That's the problem. Masses of people are going to show up. That's the problem because, you know, these towns. Like, you have to pick another number other than one because it's too close. It's too close to 11. Right, you have z- to pick- zero. Oh, come on. <laughs> really? I mean, I, mean, I, I would choose. something between one, okay. 11 and 100,000. I would choose 12. How, ma- how many signed up on Facebook again? 1.5 million. 1.5 million? Yeah. Mm-hmm. To All say right. that they were going to go to this event. So I'm saying 110,000. And I'm saying 11. <laughs> Say 12. That's right. You could say 12. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say 21. All right. Okay. All right. Clemente number. Oh, that's good, Mike. Thank you for honoring him. All right. Anyway, that's that's what's happening. (laughs) All right. So uh, coming up on today's show, we're going to talk about a lot. Mm -hmm. In the 5 o'clock hour, around 5.15, we'll talk about Christians and slavery. Why doesn't the Bible just come right out and say it's wrong? We'll talk about that with our friends, Eddie Jones, Chris Moran, and uh, someone we have yet to meet, author Ben Roach, will be with us. Also, um, it's a celebrity birthday. Always a celebrity It's birthday. always, a, well, not always, but you know, today it is a celebrity okay. birthday. We'll talk about Jimmy Fallon a little bit later. And also trending on Twitter right now, marriage in four words. Oh. Okay. I have my four words prepared. Oh, please don't oh, do that. Oh, we're talking about the bugs. Oh. The bugs are coming. 450. Stay tuned to the show because you're going to hear something that you're not going to believe, friends. One hundred one point five WORD. Would you run a race without a finish line or read a book you knew would never end? Well, even if your spiritual battles seem that endless. You can have hope. Victory is possible if you're ready for the fight. See why as John MacArthur looks at The Believer's Armor this week on Grace to You. Tomorrow morning at 7 on 101.5 WORD. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com. 
Appraisal.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit from pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers and opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Schedule a tour at any of Eden's three North Hills campuses and see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer at EdenChristianAcademy.org. As an organ donor, your story doesn't have to end. The good in you can live on. In fact, you could save up to eight lives and restore sight and health for many more. Sign up right now online as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. You'll be happy you did. And just maybe, someone else will be happy too. Go to organdonor.gov. It saves lives. U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. At the Original Mattress Factory, our mattresses and box springs aren't just American-made. They're hometown-made. Our products are hand-built one at a time in local factories using only the highest quality materials. And each of our employees is also an owner. So when you purchase from the Original Mattress Factory, you're not only getting a quality mattress at a factory direct price, you're also supporting your local economy. Visit an Original Mattress Factory location near you to see what Hometown Made is all about. Hey, thanks for coming along today. Hey, what's your um, what's your reaction when you see a woman with children walking down the street? The woman is covered from head to toe. She's wearing a burqa. Oh, that's an interesting question. That just happened to me. Oh. I was just in Oakland today, and that happened to okay, me. Okay, so Oakland, a multicultural neighborhood. Right. That's where all the universities are. Carnegie Mellon, University of Pittsburgh, Carlo, all that. So there's a lot of immigrant families who are coming in on a regular basis. Yes. It made me nervous. It made you this nervous. is just full. This is full disclosure. I'm yeah, just trying yeah, yeah. to be honest. It made me nervous because I was afraid I was going to do the wrong thing. Not not the sight of the woman. The burqa was not anxious. No, 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 no. The like the burqa itself didn't make me anxious, but I I was so afraid that I was going to be offensive in some way, or I was going to say the or Did stare too contact? much. Or we were walking down the street together. Uh-huh. And anything happened? No, nothing happened. But, but you but, had an emotional but, reaction. Yeah, it, it's funny you should ask that. Mm-hmm. Because it's not a regular thing for me. It's not a regular thing I would think for most people in Pittsburgh. Right. And so if we all just act like, oh, it's all fine. But that's not our initial reaction. Our initial reaction is, well, that's something different and I don't know what to do with it. Right. I I would agree with that. I I would see that and I think, oh, no, uh, look, it's cable news. I want, you know, all of a sudden it's something, you know, it's an issue in front of me when it's just, I miss the fact that it's a person, flesh and blood, who's living a life. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) Right. Instead of, it's probably wondering why I'm wearing that terrible shirt. Right. Instead, I'm looking for, you know, uh, Mm. someone to, you know, give me talking points. Well, uh, 
how do you talk to your kids about that? I mean, if it's difficult for us, how does a child's brain wrap around this, especially as the child is looking to you for answers? Answers. Jessica Burke is with us. Jessica is a former public school teacher, homeschools her kids. Uh, she used to, with her husband, who's a pastor, live in Macedonia before she moved to North Carolina, where her husband is a chaplain at a local jail and a pastor. Uh, and a pastor. And she wrote a piece called "How Do You Talk to Your Kids About Immigration?" Jessica, thanks for coming along today. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited about this conversation. So, Jessica, is it a good place to start? You know, John asking me, how do you respond when you see someone in a burqa and me having to admit that, you know, I didn't know what to do and it made me nervous? Yeah, I think that is a great place to start because then when we are trying to bring our kids into the conversation, we can understand that it's going to be even harder for them to know how to relate to immigrant children or to immigrant neighbors, you know, especially when there's a language barrier. It can be really hard and confusing, and the kids can gawk or not be sure what to say or what to do or when the clothing is different. You know, it's just, it can be uncomfortable for them, just like it is for us. Yeah. Okay, so Jessica, uh, you and your husband, your family spend time, international ministry. So We did. So to see that, like, you know, your experience is clearly we're, different than ours. Yeah, but people were looking at you that way. We we were kind of a walking circus. <laughs> so, Be- why, because you had so many kids? Because you yes, did? Yes, okay. yeah, because, because we were obviously American and because um, we were young to have children and we were also had a lot of children there and so how did did, were, did people look at you were they afraid yeah I, I think sometimes people didn't know what to do with us but it was especially uncomfortable I noticed that children there had a hard time um, knowing how to relate to us at first and and we had to uh, kind of break that barrier with them so you know it, it's amazing that a smile goes a really long way it communicates in any language. A smile can just welcome people and extend friendship, even when you don't have a, a common language that you share. But childhood, is it transcends every culture and every language, and it's just understood around the world. And so honestly, even though it was hard for our children to live there and for other children to relate to us, it actually in some ways broke the barriers um, that we faced. Because people understood our love for our children, and people understood when our children were doing cute and silly things, and and that kind of uh, softened people's hearts towards us and welcomed us into relationship with others. We're talking to Jessica Burke about immigration. How do you talk to your kids? All right, so if, if we acknowledge that from different cultures, we're all going to look weird to the other culture out, out of the gate. You know, this is just the way it's going to be. Then how do we talk to kids about overcoming that? Yeah, you know, my son's uh, a real big soccer player. My girls have gotten into it, too. Um, it can be a simple... You, you, we got a bad connection. Hey, Jess, you know what? All the, You know, just it, the, as we were talking, our signals eroding, and we don't really quite know sure why. And so we apologize for that. It's yeah. just, you know, we'll try to catch you another time. Yeah, the world we, we live in. Heck. A better phone. Okay. Yeah, we started out strong, and then it just devolved quickly. So we, we have no control over that. Yeah. Okay, so. All right. I've talked to my kids about immigration before. Yeah, me too. Before, yeah. Um, and I don't. Not your re- kids. To be- <laughs> Would you stop talking to my kids about stuff? <laughs> hey, guys, I want to <laughs> tell you about something your mom down now. <laughs> 
I think the only thing I bring to the table with my kids is a lot of I don't know. You know, I, I'm just not an authority on it. We don't live near the border. Um, but, okay, here's my fear. My fear about immigration is that I become beholden or believing someone's talking points instead of finding out what's actually going on. Mm. And I don't know how to get around that because well, we live in a gigantic country. But the way you get around it is to engage yourself personally within the immigrant population, right, which is we, here. Yeah. Okay. So engaging with the immigrant population here is one thing, but a lot, but a lot of the, um, a lot of the furor about injustice in the immigrant community is happening at our borders. We're way far away from there, so yeah. I'm not sure how to. Well, I mean, you know, in every community, and look, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is a, a, a weird amalgamism. Uh, that's even a word. Oh, just amalgam. Yeah. Uh, um, I want this. <laughs> Do you- I, I want to zoom in there. I can't. I kind of like it. I gotta be honest. I don't want to take it away from. It gave you. <laughs> some panache. The word. <laughs> Amalgamism. <laughs> I mean, I'm speaking from a position of authority. <laughs> I for sure don't want you talking to my kids. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, sorry. Okay. I just blew the conversation. I'm really sorry. We'll take a break. Okay, I'll handle the conversations okay. with my kids. Careful with the zone there. Okay. <laughs> we're being serious. We're doing really good. And we had a bad phone connection. Word mispronounced. <laughs> and then it just evolves. We have reached the age where things just cost more. Cars, mm-hmm. phones, mm-hmm. life insurance. Your blood pressure is up. <laughs> Your weight is up. <laughs> You're one to talk. I have type 2 diabetes, so I'm getting dinged just like you. Thank goodness for Big Lou. Big Lou! Big Lou can get term life insurance rates for a 50-year-old male with type 2 diabetes or high blood pressure, or maybe he's on anxiety meds Mm -hmm. for just around $200 a month for a million dollars of coverage. Oh, you got to say that again. Go ahead. Okay, I'll say it. Big Lou and term provider could get a 50-year-old man, a little dinged up, a million dollars in life insurance for around $200 a month. Call Big Lou. Big Lou. He's like you. 800-555-2085. That's 800-555-2085. Don't put it off. If you're overweight, diabetic, have high blood pressure, you gotta call Big Lou. Gotta. 800-555-2085. Write it down. 800-555-2085. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray on bed liners, tonneau covers, weather tech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville for the extreme in all of us at extremetruck.net. I find that patients just want to be heard. Stock Family Dentistry, where exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care. That takes time to sit down and listen to what the patient has to say. Listen to their past experiences, because that's all important in how I then present treatment to them, formulate a treatment plan for them, and how we move forward with their treatment at our office. My mommy is a really good dentist, and she'll take good care of you. Perry Highway in Wexford at Stock Family Dentistry. 
for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider LifeSteps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call LifeSteps today at 724-283-1010 or visit LifeSteps.net. That's LifeSteps.net to check out available positions. LifeSteps is an equal opportunity employer. Driving home is more relaxing without worrying about malware on your devices or identity theft. LifeLock with Norton, outstanding protection for your identity and devices. For a limited time, get 30% off your first year ends October 6th. Join at LifeLock.com. Use promo code RISK. This is Kathy Emmons. John and I are grateful for the encouragement we have from all of our advertisers and especially our friends at Grove City College. Thanks to everyone at Grove City for supporting the ride home. Very nice for this evening. Clear and comfortable tonight, the low 54. Tomorrow, it'll be another beautiful day with bright sunshine, a warm afternoon. Highs tomorrow right around 80. Partly cloudy, milder tomorrow night, low 61. And we'll stay quite warm for Saturday with morning sunshine becoming mixed with some clouds. High Saturday, 82 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Are we telling people about the bugs? How many problems with bugs? You're afraid of bugs. Big bad <laughs> bugs. They're everywhere. Bugs don't take prisoners. Bugs whacked his child. Take out all the bugs, huh? The only good bug is a dead bug. Let's kill them! Let's go kill them! Oh. My. Goodness. Ugh. Oh, no. I cannot believe what we are about to be set upon by. This makes me nuts. My whole body is in spasm right now at the thought of the idea of hordes of spotted lanternflies, which are making their way across the state even as we speak. These lanternflies are more than an inch long. They are going to flap and fly into your mouth. Oh, would you? And the only way to eradicate their very <laughs> lives is by squashing them with your leaden foot more than several times. And this is the truth, and it is a fact. The only salvation um, is that fall will soon become upon us, and but maybe next spring they will be everywhere, everywhere. This is not the apocalypse. Oh. What in the between the two of you? I can't stand it. Listen, no. it's a it's a bug. It's a real thing. No, no, no. I'm serious. Mike saw these. Okay, oh I brought this God. up because there's an article in today's New York Times. Uh-huh. The headline is "Squash It, Smash It." Pennsylvania implores residents to keep an invasive bug on site. So I've showed that to you guys, and Mike said, what did you say? Uh, uh, th- th- about three weeks ago, I was coming back home from a, from a wedding, and I was in York, Pennsylvania. St- I stopped to get gas. So I'm sitting there on my phone. My wife is, is uh, putting gas in the car. And all of a sudden, this massive van pulls up next to me, and probably about six or seven kids jump out of this van and they start going to town stomping these bugs all over the gas station floor. Like, I, I'm, I looked out the window, and they were everywhere. Come on. Like, hundreds of them. Come on. And the worst part of it is, this kid, this one kid, he's like six or seven years old, he had to stomp on every single one twice. Because... After what do you mean? First, why? 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 To after, kill them. To kill them. 
Well, after, you can't. You, you won't. They're hard to kill. You you stomp them once, and they're they're just quivering. Listen up. to me. Wait. This and then is, he had to stomp them again to like put it up. out of its misery. No. There's, there were hun- there were everywhere. Come on. Was this, is, was this a dream you they had were. one Wait. time? In today's New York Times, in response to the insect infiltration, the Pennsylvania Department of Agriculture has quarantined 14 counties regulating what can be taken in and taken out and has set up a special portal and hotline 18884 bad fly <laughs> to report sightings of the species which are native to parts of Asia they've been spotted in 8 states but apparently they have taken root in Pennsylvania yuck oh listen remember the stink bugs yeah i mean by st- by comparison, the stink bugs will be a walk in the park. And there was a whole reaction, emotional, visceral reaction to that. These things are like a thousand times worse. Oh. This isn't like Dawn of the Dead. It feels like it. Seriously. <laughs> Listen, in this article in this article I'm reading from the Times, they, they said the bugs are clumsy. They fly haphazardly into pedestrians, into windshields, and into people's mouths stop it oh my gosh into people's mouths (laughs) you're walking down the street and a bug is in your be a couple bugs remember when the cicadas every 17 years and this was the year and they were going to be everywhere i never saw a single one oh believe me calf this is is like one instance where i hope that you're 100 right like the deep state for bugs Oh, no, wait. Somebody's calling because they got information. Several people are calling because they themselves have probably experienced or, the horrors we're talking about. Or they're about. thinking you need to be hospitalized. No, I don't think so. No. No. Look, here. Uh, there's a, In this article, same thing. Lehigh University in Bethlehem, a young woman, um, Michalina Beaumont, a sophomore, says she was haunted by the thought of feeling the bugs' bodies crush under her shoes, so she's been tiptoeing to class each day. Quote, my response is zigzagging across campus and not interacting with them. They jump, they're big, they're scary. It's like all of your worst nightmares coming to fruition. This is what they're saying, Kath. It's serious. Just saying. Mike, what's the caller say? Truck driver Greg okay. on line one. Greg, hey, Greg, thanks for calling. Are we out of our minds? Am I crazy? Please hey, say you are correct, John. <gasps> Listen, let me tell you something, man. When, I, when y'all got to talking about this, it, it, it brought to memory, we just, my job, which is the, the trucking company I work for, and I'm quite sure other trucking companies, because DOT is making it mandatory that we, as being truck drivers, are certified in knowing how to look for their nests, because, you know, we travel from state to state, and we have to carry uh, a paper saying that we looked at the uh, our Qualcomm, which is a computer on our truck, and that we understand and know how to get up under our truck, what our lights and all that kind of stuff, and look for these bugs when we travel with them, because what they do is they, 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 um, they, they make a nest, and they, 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 John, you are not messing around. This Greg, oh. come on. Greg, Greg, Greg. are you serious? Yeah. Listen, a, a yes, nest. Talk about the nest, Greg. What's the nest <laughs> look the ne- like? The nest, the nest, the nest is like a, like a cocoon. Oh, like a cocoon. come on. And, and, and yeah, yeah, it's like a cocoon. And like I said, I, I'm, I'm very, very sure that every trucking company that is, that is, that is out here had to have all their drivers be certified. You got to look at this like uh, this 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 uh, five piece uh, uh, video 
and make sure that you know what to look for if you, if they're traveling on your truck. Craig, Thank you, you've Craig. always been so straight with us. Thank you. He's being straight right now. I can't believe Thank that. Thank you. All right, Greg. Certified by the government. Greg, I appreciate that. So, Johnny John, on the spot. I have to take you seriously now that Greg called in. Well, you think I'm making this up? Well, this I is just, reality. I feel like it's a little overreaction. I don't think it is. Listen, we all, uh, please, remember what? Six, seven years back when we were like, oh no, stink bugs. Here's stink bugs on us. What are we going to do? And then there was a whole industry. Come spray your house or buy a stink bug trap. This is a walk in the... This is like the dawn of the dead. This is like zombie bug. It, they're going to fly in your mouth. They're not, but you keep your mouth closed. Oh, that's the worst. Just the absolute worst. Oh my gosh. That's all I'm saying. WORD. Ahead on Insight for Living from Chuck Swindoll. The Bible was revealed so that God's people might understand His will and walk in His ways. Chuck's new series is called Searching the Scriptures. God's Word is infallible, inerrant. Listen weekdays to Insight for Living. Tomorrow morning at 8 on 101.5 WORD. You've all helped build MyPillow and the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, MyPillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all MyPillows. That's right. Buy one MyPillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for all MyPillows. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com. Promo code WORD. This is Chris Abernethy of Abernethy & Hagerman. You don't want the government deciding what happens to your estate or how much they will take. At Abernethy & Hagerman, estate administration is the heart and soul of our practice. We have the experience to help not only plan, but administer your estate properly. To protect your assets, minimize taxes, and ensure that your inheritance gets to the ones you love. Decide for yourself. Abernethy and Hagerman. Legal help that lasts a lifetime. Visit a-h.law. Pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. If wisdom teeth come in properly and meet the right conditions, they are generally safe to keep. But left unchecked, they can put you at risk for gum disease, tooth decay, and damage to adjacent teeth. Some wisdom teeth grow in at such an angle that they never break through the gum, which can lead to tooth decay, gum disease, cysts, and tumors. These impacted teeth can only be seen on x-rays, so the damage they may cause can go undetected if they are not checked by a dental professional. Some people just don't have enough room for another tooth in their mouth, so their wisdom teeth can affect adjacent teeth when they come in. This can make it difficult to chew, difficult to keep them all clean, and misalign your teeth. Not all wisdom teeth need to be removed, but they all do need to be monitored by an oral and maxillofacial surgeon. Find a surgeon near you for a complete examination If your wisdom teeth do need to be removed, the procedure can be done in an office setting with minimal post-operative pain and swelling. Remember, pain or no pain, your wisdom teeth should be checked every year. 
Find your local oral and maxillofacial surgeon at myoms.org. I had to go drink something. <laughs> what? Seriously, because that, that taste was in my mouth. Yeah, oh, okay, Mike, there is no please taste. Please quit taunting. Look at him. There, look, he, He's taunting okay, me. Mike keeps putting up images of the bug Get that out in of our Mike, studio. Please, for all that it's good and holy and true. Well, now listen, please, I just have to tell them. you that there's there's no taste in your mouth because you've never had this uh, bug fly into your you mouth. You know. You know that, that, that <laughs> that's going to happen. It's going to happen. Oh, my gosh. Seriously. Okay, anyway, I need to get your head on your mind on something different. Let's get ahead of the curve <laughs> All right, here. so let's talk about Justin Trudeau. Okay. Canada's <laughs> prime minister is in deep trouble mm, today. Yep. Uh, it was announced uh, early morning, or perhaps it was during the night, uh, that journalists have discovered that he wore brown face makeup to a party at the private school where he was teaching in the spring of 01. And I'm looking, I'm talking and speaking from Time Magazine's website. They have here a photograph of the incident. Now, Ara- it's like Arabian Nights? Right. So it was an Arabian Nights party and he's with people who are all dressed up and he's wearing brown face and he's dressed as someone who would be in an Arabian Nights, you know, Right. Production of some sort. Yeah, Sorry. wearing like a little puffy pants. Right. So the the Looks photograph like- had not been discovered before now, at least had not been published. Um, he was 29 years old at the time. In case you don't know, he's the son of the late former Prime Minister Pierre Trudeau. Um, he's wearing a turban, robes. Um, the, his neck and hands are darkened. It was in the 2001 yearbook of West Point Gray Academy, where Trudeau is a teacher. Okay, but then while he was apologizing for that, he also admitted to dressing up in blackface while performing Deo, the Jamaican folk song in high school. And then this morning, uh, an organization by Global News, a Canadian news organization, showed the prime minister in the early 1990s dressed in blackface and an Afro wig. And the video, he's waving his hands around and sticking out his tongue. Okay, so there's three instances where the leader... uh, of the Canadian nation is depicting himself in blackface. I mean, there's just, there it is. He spoke to reporters late last night and he said this, quote, I shouldn't have done that. I should have known better and I didn't. I'm really sorry. When asked if he thought the photograph was racist, he said, yes, it was. I didn't consider it racist at the time, but now we know better. Right. All right. So what do you think? Well, okay. So we've we've been down this road before with other people in the recent past. And, Sarah Silverman was right. the most recent one. And so there, you know, there's the, there's the rub, I believe, because the recent past. Now, look. Um, first of all, anybody who's you know putting on blackface, what are you thinking? Really, what are you thinking? I mean, blackface was outlawed way back in the late 1950s. Blackface used to be a central component, especially in the South, of a minstrel show where it was considered high entertainment. I mean, heck, you know, uh, black, Al Jolson built an empire on blackface. But it's wrong. It's racist. It should be outlawed. Of course it is. And anyone who thinks it's the right and good and fun thing to do then you need to think hard and fast about it and not do it. It's just foolish. Okay, so you think that Justin Trudeau should have known better? Yes, without a doubt he should have known better, right? 
Okay. So, Does it make a difference to you that he was 29 at the time instead of 17? Well, okay, there's three instances, right? One when he was in high school, one when he was, you know, a younger in his early 20s, and one in his late 20s. Does it make a difference? Yeah. I mean, there has to always be room, I believe, for youthful indiscretion or just plain youthful stupidity. But at 29, okay, I mean... He's dressing up for a Halloween costume and looking a costume and looking like Aladdin. Uh, it, should he lose his job over it? Uh, I can't answer that. That's for the Canadian citizens to determine. All it right. shows okay, lack so, of Okay, judgment. so let's go to the Sarah Silverman incident, which happened maybe three months ago. Um, and I'm very much not a Sarah Silverman oh, fan. Oh, neither am I. Okay, I really dislike her act. Other than the bugs, I'm like right yeah, there with her. Seriously, <laughs> I've really right. had it. I really am not into, into her thing. But um, I felt like the blackface thing it, in her instance was completely, completely wrong. Tell us, because, tell us the details. Well, what I remember about the details, and someone can call in and correct me if I'm wrong, but as I remember the details, she had actually done a skit that was making fun of blackface it was actually saying can you believe we ever did this but she was wearing black but she was wearing blackface so she's being ironic she was be or or it was a type of satire uh-huh. um and so in that instance there were and this is what was so remarkable to me no matter how many times she explained it she couldn't explain her way out of it Nobody would listen to her. This is where this is where it started to concern me. And again, I'm not trying to defend her or her act because I dislike her, but I am trying to defend the premise that we have to allow for freedom of speech. And she was doing something. Again, it's different than Justin Trudeau, but she was doing something to try to draw attention to blackface and how our culture has looked at it over decades or over a hundred years even. And it still didn't matter because the thought police were out. They saw the video and they were like, she has to be banned. Yeah, but look, when Sarah Silverman was putting on the blackface makeup and she saw herself depicting an African-American or a black person, right? She had in her mind to think... This is a little shaky. I'm about to step onto something that's unknown. But she was doing it on purpose to try to do that. I get that, but still. Right. Uh, So wait. I can't believe I'm defending Sarah Silverman. I'm going to wear. Who am I? Mike, can you stop me? Okay, so I think about this often because, you know, I think about, um, you know, Mel Brooks and Springtime for Hitler, Hmm. right? Um, I don't know that. um, Mike, pull that up. I mean, um, you know, what was, and I also think about Ted Danson. When Ted Danson decades ago was dating Whoopi Goldberg, they were a couple for, you know, a cup of coffee. He shows up at, at some event wearing blackface as well. I mean, that was... And, and but see, no, that was something that people were like, wow. But were people well, like, were freaking some, out about it? Well, there were some eyebrows raised about it. But, you know, he was with the, the elite of the Hollywood elite. So people laughed it off. Right. So I'm not trying to laugh about blackface. I'm trying to get at what it – and, and I, there's nothing funny about it. I've never done it. I don't think it's funny. I never did think it was funny. I mean, the Sarah Silverman thing, I didn't think it was ironic. I didn't think it was persuasive. Whatever. Anyway, it's – I think it speaks to like a deeper thing, though. It's not just blackface. It's this whole larger cultural movement we've got where we have to go back and we have to try to dig up the dirt on the person, whether the dirt has to do with something he said right, right. or something he okay, did so we talked about the or comic. something. Right. 
the Saturday Night Live comic. Right. So he right. just got fired this week. Right. So a guy was hired as a, a new cast member of SNL. They went through a deep dive of his online stuff. They discovered that he was mocking Asians. And uh, coincidentally, for the first time ever, Saturday Night Live also hired for the, f- the first time an Asian comic. Now, there was a backlash to the guy who was mocking the Asian comics. He was disinvited to Saturday Night Live because someone was so inclined to do a deep dive on his video feed. Which they should have done before they ever hired him. What? So that's the thing now. So, so every corporation or every public entity, before they hire someone, has to go and look at- I don't at, know. Is that what we're saying? I think so. I think that's where we've arrived. Okay. So is that a- I'm just- I'm wondering what we have awoken- if this is the way we're going to look at each other. So if if I'm going to go back and find something that you wrote about 25 years ago, am I going to hold you responsible for that today? Yes, and, I, that's what's happened. Okay, do you think that that's the right thing, though? Do you think that's the way we should be approaching each other? Well, I, I understand in some, you know, I have my thoughts on why people choose to do this. Okay, so what, let's. why do you think? Well, because I think people are looking for a... Um, a call to justice, what people perceive as justice, that there has been a, a, um, a historical, um, what, vilification or you know, just a, a total crushing of minorities or people who are different. You know, yes. And so they've been routinely, for entertainment purposes, mocked, um, you know, cartoon, uh, you know, made it into a cartoon figure. And everyone laughs along because we identify with this weird stereotype, right? So that now has changed, and and I think for good reason. But like all things, you have to go through a series of a series of adjustments to what go too far or too little. Mm-hmm. So, what, should anybody be wearing blackface? Absolutely, no, absolutely not. not. No, no, absolutely not. So my question is, though, what happens? How are we going to deal with Justin Trudeau when he did that 10 years ago or he did that 20 years ago? Well, I think, uh, you know, who knows how this will play out? Now, look, what happened in Virginia? The go- Remember the governor of Virginia was appearing in blackface yes. where he just said, he categorically said, that's not me. And then I think his second or third in power in the state was also caught up in a, an equally uh, Sad Un- unsavory event. scandal. And he said, well, yeah, I'm not going to resign. So they were called to resign, but they chose to ignore it. And now they still so are they in skated. power to this day. They skated. Right. So, But in other places, I mean, you know, so, I mean, look, look at. Um, it didn't matter to the Sarah Silverman thing. She Sarah got canned. Silverman. She got Well, look from, at the hashtag Me Too. Look at Louis C.K. or, right. you know, any number of performer who's been called out. And rightfully so. Okay. What about people who've been called out like Tom Brokaw, who said, absolutely not. I did not do this. What about Jeffrey Rush, who just won an anti-defamation suit in Australia? Because he said, you can accuse me all you want, but I did not do this. Right. Right. There ha- so. My concern with all of this, and we've talked about this over and over again on the show, is that we don't offer each other due process. We assume that there's a publicity thing, it happened, and so you're guilty and you're out. Before we have a chance to adjudicate something, investigate it, or whatever. Right, so we're being tried in the court so of public opinion. So we're being tried in the court of public opinion. That's, yeah. that's my first problem. But the second problem, I think it's just something that's more of a curiosity to, curiosity to me, is what we do with our pasts. Well, the hope is, I believe, by this new reckoning, is that our pasts will all be vanilla, that we will all sort of follow along the uh, the rules now, which are new rules. Nobody has a vanilla past. Well, 
20 years from now, will you know our kids? Oh, I think it'll be worse. Our, our grandkids. I think it'll be way be worse because, because no, it, uh, blackface won't be the issue, but it'll be something else because the amount of information that our children have put online is so voluminous that were they to attain any sort of public you know, platform, they would have so much material to dig through and someone will find something about anybody. So then we ask you as a society not to be sexist, xenophobic, racist, right. All those uh, things. bigoted, Okay, but what filled. if you were? What if you, John Hall, let, well, let's, let's turn it to me because I don't want to point my finger at you. What if you found out that 20 years ago I was sexist? What if you found out that I was a man hater? That I was marching for women's rights at the expense of men's rights. That I was saying, down with men, we don't need them. Men are a plague on society. All men are rapists. All men are abusers. What if I had said that and had had that as part of my background 20 years ago? Now, I've changed my position. I realize that things are different. I've gotten to know you. I've gotten to know Mike. I feel differently about the. Can I ever escape that? Or is that just going to be part of who I was? Well, you and me personally? Yeah. Yeah, I would I would say okay that's for me personally knowing you being with you every day knowing you intimately here in this conversation that we have on the air and off the air uh, I would say well that's the past it doesn't affect me now okay but then when we look at a public figure like the dude from who the director from uh, Guardians of the Galaxy we we can't are we, are we or, not going to offer him that same chance or Brett Kavanaugh or Brett Kavanaugh are we not going to offer him that same chance yeah. I mean, it's different when you know somebody. That's the whole point of social media is that we act out because they're people that we don't know. Well, You're willing to forgive me. With, but if, you don't represent, you know, the, the all of Canada. No, you know? you're right. So there's a difference right. there. And right? I'm not a movie star and I'm not, a, you know, a famous singer or whatever it is. I have a limited platform. But I'm just wondering if we can, how, how far we extend grace. We only extend grace to the people who are in our, in our immediate circle. Or could we extend forgiveness and allow someone the chance to be able to say, that's how right, right, I right. was, but I'm not that anymore. Right. I mean, I, th- I love that. I, I wish that were true. I mean, look, and you see people like, and, and that's been tried in some way. Okay, so Louis C.K., right? Uh, uh, he apologized, right? Yeah, he apologized, but then he went back out on the road. Or He, he appeared, Louis C.K., a comedian, uh, accused of verifiable with, you know, sexual misconduct. Not rape, but just, you know, creeping and, and doing some untoward things, whatever that, whatever your imagination wants to fill in the blanks there. So he came off the road, he sat for a while, but then he went back out into the clubs again, and people were surprised to see him in the clubs. Now, if you're a Louis C.K. fan, some people were like, dig it, I'm glad you're back. Other people shamed him and were like, no, it's, it's too early. You shouldn't be here yet. You've got to go through a process. I guess the point is, the, the, the question is, what is the process? What's the process? And this is where I feel like Ben Shapiro's article that he wrote three months ago really, really applies. He said the reason that we can't extend forgiveness to someone or encourage repentance in someone is that our society has become so secularized, we don't even know what those words mean anymore. We don't even know what, we're not educated in what repentance would look like and what forgiveness would look like because we have eschewed all right, of that. Right, right. Okay. So there's no idea of what grace is. We don't even know it. Forgiveness, confession, Foreign the, the process of going Foreign through concept. this. Foreign concept. 
Right. So we're tried in a public court, you know, on With no mercy. TMZ, on the web. Everyone nods their head and goes, that's the bad guy. He's the xenophobe, the sexist, the right. racist, the homophobe, the bigot, the hater, all that thing. And you know, because it's mob mentality, you're going to get real xenophobes and real homophobes, along with a lot of other people who just made a mistake in their past and aren't xenophobes, xenophobes or homophobes. <sighs> yeah. So to be... I don't know. I, mean, I don't I, know. I don't. I don't know either. I don't. How does I don't. That work? I don't know if there's an answer, but isn't it good to ask the question? Yes. What are we doing? How do we look at Justin Trudeau today? I'm not saying he ever should have put blackface on. I'm not defending stupid. it even Just in the stupid. small. But I'm saying, what do we do when someone screwed up? Well, look at the die that's already been cast in the early ages of this. Now, again, like we said, we may look back at 20 years from now and go, "Well, okay, we we adjusted our." <laughs> our judgment system, our penal system, so to speak, where those who have, have, fa- have faltered are now rescued in some way. I, I don't know. You know, what does that look like? I don't know. And what? So, where nobody's looking to rescue Matt Lauer. Right, because no, he, no. he never apologized. He never done. Char- Charlie Rose. I mean, you know, the, the, what, he never what, apologized. I think what was satisfying for a lot of people, and, and, and rightfully so, in the hashtag Me Too, Me Too thing, is that you found very privileged. Um, very powerful, very white men who were preying on women uh, in a power structure that and were, had been for decades. Right, right, and so they had a free pass to you know the, the so-called candy store where they could do whatever they wanted to do. Well, when, when they were brought to their knees, that felt and rightfully so good. So, of course, it did. Right, so they're done. There is no, there little, is no. Second but that's act a little that. bit of an amphetamine, isn't it? The power. Yeah. Is that you feel like, okay, that felt so... I mean, no, what, I mean listen, I, when Matt Lauer went down that day, I felt so good. Okay, so, As a woman who has worked for decades, I'm telling you, I, that felt so good to me when he went down. I it think, did. But that's a little... It's a little bit of a rush. And that's what I'm worried about, is that we're going to start as a culture to get addicted to that. Mm-hmm. And we can't okay. wait to take the next person down. So, you know, I, as a guy, I had the opposite reaction. Because I was like, Matt Lauer, okay, so what, uh, what have I done? Mm. Let me look back at myself and go, okay, how am I culpable in this? What is my, what is my crime against women in, in this age? What should I be asking for forgiveness? How do I adjust mm-hmm. my thoughts, my actions, my feelings? I think, and that's important. That is important. All right, take a break. I've never seen you do anything like Matt Lauer. <laughs> take a break. Be back in a bit. If you're drowning in IRS debt and can't afford to pay, then you need to take advantage of special IRS tax programs that are available and free yourself from IRS collection efforts once and for all. Due to the financial hardship consumers are facing throughout the country, the Internal Revenue Service has made it easier to settle delinquent tax problems. An open phone line has been established by Community Tax for consumers to call and see if they qualify. Take down this number or store it in your cell phone, but call the Community Tax Helpline at 800 500 If you owe back taxes to the IRS and cannot afford to pay them back, or even if you have years of unfiled tax returns, there's no need to fear anymore. But you have to call the Community Tax Helpline today at 800-500-5588 for the help that you need. Don't take on the IRS alone. They can attack your wages, savings, pension, home, and even your Social Security check. Call 800-500-5588 for your free consultation and to see if you qualify. That's 800-500-5588. 
1988. Camping in the great outdoors can be a lot of fun, but it's not the most conducive environment for your next retreat. Antiochian Village offers the best of both worlds with 300 acres of beautiful woodlands near historic Ligonier, plus all the technology and connectivity you'd need to make your retreat a success. With 100 hotel-style guest rooms, 18 meeting rooms, and several outstanding full-service dining menus, 10,000 guests every year can't be wrong. Antiochian Village. Book now at antiochianvillage.org. Hi, this is Dennis Prager, and we just launched a new PragerTopia membership called PragerTopia Unlimited. Members can listen to any and all audio programs that are in the Dennis Prager store. That's over 400 programs to choose from, show segments, talks, lectures, courses, even full access to all five books of my Torah teaching. For a limited time, an annual PragerTopia Unlimited membership is only $119. Join Prager PragerTopia Unlimited today, go to PragerTopia.com. This is the Entertainment Answer. What is my Blu-ray pick of the week? Well, it's one for the older sci-fi fans, as Dark Phoenix is on DVD, Blu-ray, and digital. They can't begin to comprehend what you are. Critics were split on this one, but I actually liked it. Yes, it was a total redo of the earlier X-Men film, but the effects and storylines still are intriguing enough to check out at home. If you're looking for something a tad more family-friendly, remember that the live-action Aladdin is now on Blu-ray, and you can win a digital copy at theentertainmentanswer.com. The backyard's looking great, Rob. Thanks, man. I was planning on adding a deck, too. Know any good contractors? Why don't you just ask HomeAdvisor? Home what? HomeAdvisor.com. You just tell them about your project and they match you with local pros that can do the job. Nice. Now, how much does it cost? Oh, HomeAdvisor's totally free to use. Plus, you can read customer reviews, check pricing, and book appointments for free. What's the website again? HomeAdvisor.com. Or just download the free HomeAdvisor app. HomeAdvisor. Oh, today is your birthday. Whose birthday today? Today's birthday is Jimmy Fallon. Oh, Jimmy Fallon. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Uh, Jimmy Fallon's the host of The Tonight Show Mm -hmm. on NBC. And I'm wondering, John, if you want to guess how old Jimmy Fallon is today. I'd be bad at this. Um, My guess is, uh, and this is just a really shot in the dark, Jimmy Fallon's 48. He's 45. Okay. Very good. Not bad. Excellent job as usual. Uh, Do you like him? Oh, yeah, very much so. I he's, he's eminently likable. He's get light. such a kick out of him. Yeah, he's I don't talented. watch the show. I only watch YouTube clips. Okay. Um, so I'm not a regular. I, I don't know. Uh, first thing about the show. He is winsome to me. Mm. And I love that. Yeah. I really love it. I think he's a wonderful addition to American society. Especially f- for late night, right? Because yeah. right now everything's political. Yeah. Uh, yeah James yeah, yeah. Corden's winsome. Yeah. Yep. Is he not? Yeah, but I think those are the only two. Jimmy Fallon. Uh, who, so who else? Uh, so Seth Meyers. Colbert. There's Colbert. Oof, well, um, Kimmel. Jim, Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel. Yeah, they're uh, all. Kimmel? Is Kimmel oh. political? Oh, oh yeah. Hardcore. Oh, oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, who's the guy? Trevor Noah. Oh, my. Yeah, yeah he's hardcore, um, yeah, right? right. Yeah, all politics. Yeah. Or a lot of politics. Okay, so this is what I love about Jimmy. Hmm. The, the things I love the most are the silly, ridiculous things. Yeah. Just absolutely silly, ridiculous. Here's an example. All right, so that's Adele, and uh, 
She's one of maybe, I don't know, seven or eight artists who have gone into the studio with The Roots and with Jimmy, and they do a song with classroom instruments. So like the little things that you played in preschool, you know, the little tiny xylophone and like the weird little marimba. Oh, and yeah. Oh, that's funny. It is funny. so awesome. I'm telling you. So this is Adele's, and Aerosmith's been in there, and who else has been in there, Mike? Why can't I think of anybody else? So it's like great all-stars, right? So there's Adele. So we're looking at this image where Adele and Jimmy Fallon are facing the camera, right, straight on. Oh, the, the who? Ba- the who was in there? And the band's all around them. And oh, my playing, gosh. Like, it's hilarious. Little toy it instruments. It is so hilarious. If you know anything about music, what the roots pick out of the original song. They do Dina Menzel, Let It Go. Oh, right. Let It Go is very yeah. good, too. Look, anyway. I mean, Adele's so good. She could sing next to a kazoo and still matter. sound fabulous. Okay, here's the other thing, though. <laughs> really? Now, this is a little bit of, of inside baseball, but yep. if you know anything about music, Jimmy Fallon is a terrific musician is he really a terrific oh musician. Well, like he plays multiple instruments he can play drums no he's kidding. a great singer he's a great dancer cool he's just one of those multi-talented people like james corden exactly. same kind of thing right maybe that's a key to their whimsy is that they that could be. Uh, like, can express themselves musically happy birthday jimmy Fallon. sharing the word that changes the world 101.5 WORDFM Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. The U.S. weighs a response to Iran for the strike on Saudi Arabia's oil industry. Iran's foreign minister says a U.S. or Saudi Arabian attack on Iran would set off an all-out war. In Abu Dhabi, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says diplomacy is the way to work this out. While the foreign minister of Iran is threatening all-out war to fight to the last American, uh, we're here to build out a, a coalition aimed at achieving peace. South Carolina Republican Senator Lindsey Graham says Iran can't get away with this. Restoring deterrence is going to require a military response that will create some amount of pain so they'll be less likely to do this again. And to me, it's not an all-out war scenario unless Iran wants it to be. Iran's foreign minister says they will have a lot of casualties, but they won't blink to defend their country. Ed Donahue, Washington. On Wall Street, the Dow down by 52 points, but the Nasdaq rose five. This is SRN News. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, driven by Calusi Chevrolet, serving the Pittsburgh area for over 100 years. I owed more than $35,000 in taxes. Oxford Tax Partners negotiated my debt with the IRS, and I only had to pay $2,000. They helped renew my peace of mind. If you also have a debt over $10,000 with the IRS or you haven't filed taxes two years or more, call Oxford Tax Partners now for a free consultation, 888-512-5281. Taxes are a fact of life. Fortunately, Oxford Tax Partners has made your taxes their business. Let Oxford Tax Partners experts help you negotiate your debt with the IRS. And once and for all, take that burden off your shoulders. 888-512-5281. Oxford Tax Partners understands many clients are on strict budgets, so they do their best to provide manageable payment plans for every client. Call today, and in addition to your free consultation, get $600 off your case. 888-512-5281. With Oxford Tax Partners, say goodbye to tax worries and hello to greater financial freedom. 888-512-5281. 888-512-5281. They blow into town with the wind, rain, and hail. Out-of-town storm chasers going door-to-door, often posing as a local company offering a quick fix to
to desperate homeowners. If you've had damage to your roof, windows, siding, or gutters and downspouts, you may be eligible to get them replaced or repaired free of charge. Just be careful who you call. Visit windowsruspittsburgh.com for a free inspection from one of their highly trained appraisers. With over 50 years in home remodeling, Windows R Us is the area's premier exterior replacement company for roofs, siding, gutters and downspouts, doors, and of course, windows. If damage isn't your issue and you just want something new, you'll love their no-pressure approach, no hidden fees, and one of the fastest turnaround times in the industry. A company who will never skip down when it comes to honoring their warranty. Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company at windowsruspittsburgh.com. Mention Word FM for an additional 10% off at windowsruspittsburgh.com. That's windowsruspittsburgh.com. Bart. It's an amazing song. Maybe you've seen the movie. It's kind of happening. Now see them live in concert. The Imagination Tour. Featuring Mercy Me. I can only imagine. With special guest Crowder. Thank you, God. Word FM welcomes Mercy Me. Coming to PPG Paints Arena, October 4th. Tickets on sale now at Ticketmaster.com. As a doctor who provided medical care to remote islands, Dr. Ben Lebrow has seen some things. Piracy, hurricanes, being struck by lightning. While most of us can't relate to confrontations with pirates, we get that life comes with risk. But retirement shouldn't. That's why Dr. Ben purchased an annuity to secure a protected income stream for the rest of his life. Find out more at RetireYourRisk.org. Brought to you by the Alliance for Lifetime Income, the sole sponsor of the 2019 Rolling Stones No Filter US Tour. Very nice for this evening. Clear and comfortable tonight, the low 54. Tomorrow, it'll be another beautiful day with bright sunshine, a warm afternoon. Highs tomorrow, right around 80. Partly cloudy, milder tomorrow night, low 61. And we'll stay quite warm for Saturday with morning sunshine becoming mixed with some clouds. High Saturday, 82 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, live from the Salem-Pittsburgh studios. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, thanks for being here for the 5 o'clock hour of The Ride Home. Uh, in a little bit, just a five minutes or so, ten minutes at the most, we're going to talk about slavery, Christians and slavery. Why the, why doesn't the Bible come right out and say slavery is wrong? And we're going to talk to several people in studio about this, so hope you stick around for that. But first... Trending on Twitter right now. Yes. Marriage in four words. Marriage in four words. So when Marriage. you say trending on Twitter... Hashtag... Marriage in four words. So people, trending people on so twi- so if you if you're not on Twitter, um, there are hashtags that yeah. go out, and this one is hashtag marriage in four words, and those are things that all sorts of people decide to comment on, um, and so tons of people are commenting on marriage in four words. Okay. So without looking, I haven't looked to see what people have said Neither on I. Twitter. I have no clue because knowing Twitter, probably a lot of it is I don't even want to know. Dark and exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But um, I thought maybe you and I could, you know. Do give, four words. Give a on, couple nominations. On mm-hmm. marriage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. You want to go first? Want me to go first? Uh, you can go first. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about that? I knew that was coming. That's uh-huh. why I asked. Okay. My four words for marriage. Strength, kids, stress, family. Wow. Okay. So his are like so meaningful. Okay. You know what mine, marriage in four words? Huh. 
I spent it on. I spent it on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How okay. many times have you exchanged those four words with your spouse? Oh, that's a hard word to say, mm-hmm. aren't they? Mm-hmm. How about this? I did not mean to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or this is the, this is the first one that came to me. This cracks me up because I say this all the time. Hun, can you get? Mm-hmm. Here's mine. I'll be waiting outside. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be waiting outside because my wife, she has no conception of time. God love her. Uh None whatsoever. Right. 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 That's really good. I'll be waiting outside. Um, Wait. Can't Uh, you hear me? (laughs) Right. How how about this one? This is friends of ours. You're sucking the life. (laughs) (laughs) I know those friends. Yes. Yes. I've heard one of those. And you know the rest of the phrase. Right. Right. Uh, For crying out loud. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Or, you drive me crazy. (laughs) Uh Uh Or, I love you forever. Listen to how sweet he is. Come on. How sweet he is. You got to have all these different, right? Or, you make me laugh. That's very good. Right? Or, you make me angry. Right. Mm, Yeah. How about... You spent more on. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. Or I bounced another check. Have you ever bounced a check? Oh, are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> what, are you kidding me? Like a Super Bowl. You kidding me? Mike, have you ever bounced a check? Never. What? Okay. You've never bounced a check? Never. You Have you ever bounced a check? I don't know if I have. Oh, man. You got. Look, I grew up. I'm an actor. You kidding me? <laughs> I probably have I without shuffled. knowing it. I make Bernie Maddox. I mean, I shuffled some money around so many times, like praying, please let that check go through. <laughs> Don't let that, you know, I need that money there. Oh, my gosh. There was a time in my 20s and 30s, I was just like, oh, I was like insider trading in my checking account. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Horrible. How about this is another thing my husband and I have said to each other multiple times is you try it now. that's everything from like fixing the disposal to Mm, mm. painting the windows or in the same vein trimming the bushes the mechanic says we oh god or didn't i tell you Mm -hmm. Uh uh-huh uh-huh right Uh all right so if you want to enter your marriage in four words i'll put a little post up on uh, facebook yeah for those of you who aren't tweeting or you side with them (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> that's another good one you know it right yeah that's another good how about how you started out with like all these beautiful poetic Strange words and kids everything. stress family look how sweet right? he is yeah, now, I re- here i am for crying out loud <laughs> i had commitment sacrifice dedication and love oh look, oh. oh my gosh you guys <laughs> memories Jeez, all of a sudden of it's like a corners of my barbara streisand exactly song in is, here yeah. all, right. all right coming up coming up next this is gonna be a good conversation christians and slavery why doesn't the bible just come right out and say slavery's wrong what does the bible actually say about slavery it's next WORD. Here's Dr. Charles Stanley. If God is God, and you and I understand who He is, I'm here to tell you, it will do something to our praying. It'll do something to our singing. It'll do something to our calling of His name. It will do something to the way we live. Hear the series, The Character of God, this week on In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. 
tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Get away without going far. Lose yourself without being lost. At Antiochian Village near historic Ligonier, 300 acres of pristine woodlands await to refresh and inspire you. With 100 hotel-style lodging rooms, 20 meeting rooms, amazing food, and award-winning desserts, it's 360 degrees of mountain views bathed in the warmth of Christian hospitality. Book your next church or youth retreat now at AntiochianVillage.org. You've all helped build MyPillow into the amazing company that it is today. Now, Mike Lindell, the inventor and CEO of MyPillow, wants to give back to word listeners everywhere. You can get deep discounts on all MyPillow products if you go to MyPillow.com right now and click on the new radio listener specials. Now you can get deep discounts on MyPillows, mattress toppers, bed sheets, and so much more. For example, MyPillow is bringing back their popular BOGO offer for all MyPillows. That's right. Buy one MyPillow, get another absolutely free. Remember, all MyPillow products come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and 10-year warranty. It's MyPillow's way of saying thank you for all your support. Just go to MyPillow.com, click on the new radio listener specials, and get deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the buy one, get one free for all MyPillows. Enter promo code WORD or call 800-391-0954 for these great radio specials. That's 800-391-0954 or MyPillow.com, promo code WORD. Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tunch Ilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. If you've been thinking about a new car, truck, or crossover, now is the time to visit Calusi Chevrolet. With the fall sales event in full swing, Calusi has great savings on their entire lineup, including the 2019 Equinox. All month long, you can qualify for 0% APR financing for up to 60 months, plus $750 bonus cash on select models. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Imagine owning a piece of jewelry that once belonged to Bette Midler, Florence Henderson, Burt Reynolds, Shirley Temple, even Elvis Presley. Then don't miss Trinity Jewelers' estate jewelry event. One day only, Tuesday, September 24th. From 10 to 7 p.m., estate jewelry experts from the Singer Estate Collection will showcase a dazzling display of celebrity pieces and exquisite finds from around the world. All pieces will be available for purchase. One day only, 10 to 7, Tuesday, September 24th. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo road at trinityjewelers.com I think it was about a month ago in the uh, Sunday New York Times they did a, a special supplement and the supplement it was maybe I don't know 20 25 pages or so and on the front page of the magazine supplement it was titled 1619 just in big letters I mean you know 3 inches high 1619 and then inside from a series of scholars and uh, public figures were essays about the year 1619 now the the, the date is significant because from some historians, it is said that in 1619, the first slaves were brought over from the Atlantic Ocean against their will, of course, and brought to the shores of what was yet to be the country of the United States of America. And, and along with that publication, there was also video, and the Times made a, you know, a, a fairly large investment in, in space and intellectual heft and in promoting 1619. So from that time forward, there's been a lot of conversation about 400 years, 400 years since slavery started here in the Western Hemisphere. 
So I bring that all to the fore because Eddie Jones is with us. Pastor Eddie's been with us multiple times throughout the year, and uh, he's brought another pastor friend of his, uh, Ben. Ben, I'm sorry, I'm going to maul your name, so you please tell me your name. Ben Riach. Ben Riach. Thank you. Mm. So, like Reebok. Got it. So Ben Riach, he joins us as the pastor of Three Rivers Grace Church in Pittsburgh, the author of Women, Slaves, and the Gender Debate, and Eddie and uh, Chris Moran, also their co-pastoring Eternal City Church in Wilkinsburg. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. Good to Thank be here. Eddie, let's start with you. Um, the 1619 Project, let's not talk about the project itself, but how did you feel about the attention being focused on that date, that time? Oh, I thought it was um, very significant, very important. It is a, this is the 400th anniversary of the first slave ship arriving in Jamestown, Virginia, um, which brought about 20 slaves over um, on the first slave ship. So I think it's a significant date and, and uh, time. Okay. So as an African-American man, um, it how did, did it make you feel like we had gotten to a place that was good where we could have a conversation and focus on that year? Oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, I, thought, um, I, I applaud the New York Times for doing that. Yeah, the fact that we can after all these years. We've come a long way, obviously. Um, but that's not obvious because the, I think in conversation, if you asked people on the street today, you know, how are we doing as far as race relations goes, I, wouldn't, I, I bet you would get the majority of people who would say we're not doing very well. Yeah, you, you would. But I would also say compared to 400 years ago, are we doing better? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the important thing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? So I think, that's, that, I think that's the difference, yeah. so um, And that's what we lack. We lack yeah. the historical knowledge and being able to compare things. Right, Because right, we're right. so, you know, we're talking about what's trending on, or trending on Twitter as opposed to looking right, at, like, right, the right, larger yeah. sweep of history. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so most people would say we're not doing very well, but I would say in comparison to what. So, but I get your point. I get your point, yes. Right. Okay, so let's talk about, uh, because as believers in Jesus Christ— we should have um, a deeper insight, um, a, a stronger, um, more complex conversation about slavery, because as people of the Word, we have read the pages of our Bible that deal explicitly with passages of the slave story from a biblical perspective. Ben, talk about that. Um, why doesn't the Bible come right out and say, hey, slavery's wrong, we're going to tell you a story about it, but you should know that this is wrong, because it doesn't do that. Yeah, that's right, and and that is a perplexing question for uh, believers, and uh, and and a question that skeptics bring to Christianity. Why doesn't the Bible clearly address this? And uh, it's easy for us uh, in in our day and age, and knowing the history of our country and the slavery that existed here, to kind of impose that on the Bible and assume that the slavery that the biblical writers knew about and and was in their culture. Uh, was the same as in America, and there's some key differences there that I think help us to understand uh, why uh, the Bible doesn't okay. address it maybe the way we would okay. want it to. Come in a little closer to the microphone, Ben. Okay, so what kinds of things are we missing? How is the slavery that we Those understand in America different than biblical slavery? Um, yeah, I mean, one is that in— the And I first, mean slavery in biblical times. Yeah, right, right. So just to talk about the first century, in the first century, slavery was not based on ethnicity. So it was not one ethnicity that was uh, in bondage and one other ethnicity that were the masters. Um, it was all different ethnicities that were moving in and out of slavery. So mm -hmm. at any given time, a third, up to a third of the population were slaves. Uh, people were selling themselves into servitude in one way or another because of debt or other circumstances. But then they did have personal rights as well. 
and uh, could actually earn money and then could eventually earn enough to purchase their own freedom. So, so those are a, a few of the key differences. I see. Well, those are major differences. Yeah. Yeah. I and mean, that, that's not to say that slavery was a, a pleasant thing or a right. good thing in any way, but, but it is good to see those, those differences. Different than how we see it in modern times. Yes, and I think it's very important for black people in particular to understand that difference because uh, slavery is one of the issues. Um, supposedly the, the Bible's condoning of slavery is one of the issues that can keep a lot of black people from coming to Christ because of that. Um, so because we only have one context for slavery and, and as, as a black American. Um, when we hear the word slavery, the first thing that comes to mind is roots and kuta now. Right. You know, because <laughs> right. that's the only context right. we have. Men and so, that Exactly, yeah. So that has to be flushed out. Right. You know, so um, then talk about that from a personal perspective, Eddie. When you were a young believer and you're reading the Bible, were there a time that that intersected in your life where you thought, wait a second, I see an imprint of myself there? Oh, yeah, yeah. When you come across those passages, obviously questions pop up in your head. Okay. Um, and, and then after doing further study, you begin to see, okay, this is something different. It's not the same thing. But that requires going deeper and, and not just taking the word slavery and, or slave and running away with it, so yeah, to speak. Right. But, Ben, slavery was never a great thing. It didn't matter whether, you, whether I was in debt and I chose to go into slavery. It still was something that I wouldn't want to do. Even if I had a choice, I still wouldn't want to do it. Yeah, that, that's right. Slavery has never been a, a good thing. Um, what what it seems uh, in the biblical narrative is that it's it's like other things uh, in life where there are uh, there are things that, that the Bible accommodates. It does not endorse it, right. but mm-hmm. but we see it accommodating uh, this practice. Polygamy would be a, a parallel um, a parallel thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, so we see polygamy all over the Bible, right? And we know that David was a man after God's own heart. That mm-hmm. is such an amazing. Um, mm-hmm. moniker for him. And yet, how many wives and concubines right. did he have? And you right. look at that and you think, no, wait a minute. I thought about that as a woman. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah. well, you know, for what? So I would have been one of like, what, 20,000 women? Right. Like that, what kind of life would that have been? What right. kind of, there's no honor in that. There's no fidelity in that. There's no, I'm not sure if I were one of the wives, if I would have looked at David and said he was a man after God's own right. heart. Right. But so yeah. the time of the Bible, right, when the Bible was written, certainly different than modern times, our sensibilities. So, so then what does that look like? So as an imprint of, you know, uh, Old Testament or even New Testament, but especially Old Testament, and then to overlay that with American slavery, there is a huge gulf there. And the, what, the um, the tendrils or the, the subtleties are, are lost in some way because as they're, they're far from each other in many ways. Am I making sense here? Yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, we, we can look at it from a certain perspective and wish that the Bible said more explicitly against the institution yeah. of slavery. But another perspective to look at it from is uh, from within its own cultural context, you see how radical some of the biblical statements are. Um, so mm-hmm. some of the commands to masters and, and the way that, um, you know, the, the New Testament uh, in the household codes where there's uh, husbands and wives are addressed, parents and children, and then masters and slaves— um, we can we can uh, you know read that on on the surface and kind of be appalled by that, but you look at it within the first century culture and you realize the apostle Paul is putting masters and slaves on equal footing before God, and they both have a directive. Right, right, they're right, both right. responsible. Right. Yeah, just like men and women are both. So women aren't worthless. 
they have a responsibility. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. However, there has been there was a perversion, right? So when you look at the American South in the you know eighteen twenties, thirties, forties, fifties, sixties, seventies, whatever, uh, you know. White slave owners would look at biblical passages and go, yes. "Oh well, I'm verified. I'm right. good. I'm good to go." So it, it required that allowed a lot of heinous murder and mm-hmm. imprisonment and uh, any number of you know horrors to take hold. Yeah, and that that's further troubling for us because we look back at our theological heritage and and to individuals who we respect in a lot of ways and mm-hmm. and draw from their theological insights and their biblical insights, and yet they owned slaves, and some even argued in, in favor of slavery from some of these texts. And so, so that is uh, troubling as okay, well. Okay, so how do you handle that? Especially, you know, so we can argue about Thomas Jefferson. You know, as, an Amer- as Americans, those are important conversations to have. But I think the deeper conversation is, what do you do with a Christian who advocated mm-hmm. for slavery or who owned slaves? How do you handle that? Yeah, well, it is, uh, it, it, it is, troubling we need to say that up front and and we we can't um we can't just give people a pass and say mm-hmm. oh well it was cultural it was it was assumed. Those were the times right um you know i mean in some sense that that does give us a context for it but but uh at the same time we need to hold these individuals responsible for some some very faulty uh deductions they made from scripture and and blind spots they had it is a realization that we do all have blind spots, yeah. and, and everyone has clay feet, and um, and so you know we we shouldn't uh, too highly esteem any biblical teacher or theologian or pastor. Um, we need to be like the Bereans and, and examine our scriptures mm-hmm. uh, day in and day out, and, and make sure that what's being taught is is accurate according to God's word. Um, and what about how our society leans us or takes us? I, mean, I, I often think about. Um, if I were—I've thought about this for so long—if I were alive um, when Jesus was on the earth, I wonder if I would have believed. I wonder if I would have recognized him mm-hmm. because I, I see how many people he interacted with who never saw, who mm-hmm. never—who were, who were still looking for the Messiah and missed him. And I think, mm-hmm. what I— what I what I've been that person mm-hmm. um, because our our culture is powerful and we listen to the people around us. You know, yeah. we have friends mm-hmm. and we you know I trust John and he trusts me and so if he thinks a certain thing, I tend to think that too. And so I wonder how often our societies or our cultures have led us astray. I mean, you said earlier, you know, we know we might know a Christian leader who had slaves and we can't just look back and say that's the way it was, and yet that is the way it was, and so we're. I don't know. It just makes me think that we're weak. Hmm. I think it's, it boils down to all of our heroes have clay feet, all of them theologically and otherwise. Not that that's an excuse. Um, and theology has a two-sided coin. There's the epistemological side, which is what I should know about God. And there's the, there's the ethical side, how I should obey God. And I think to have a complete theology, you need both of those. Mm-hmm. And you can be orthodox on one side, the epistemological side, and almost heretical on mm. the ethical side. Right. Mm. And I think that's what we see with a lot yes. of our theological yeah, heroes. Really they got this right, yeah. oh, but they totally missed it over here. Whether you miss it on the epistemological side or the ethical side. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and I think that helped me a lot when I, when I learned that, mm-hmm. when I heard that. That helped me a lot. Because even some, some, my, some of my heroes are the same thing. They're not perfect and right on everything whoever that may be. So I think it's important to remember that. You can, theology has a two-sided coin that you need to be, have mm-hmm. both sides to be complete. Right. And I think biblical. 
Eddie, you made reference earlier about you know the unchurched or or a, a black people's response to I'm not going to go to to a Christian church mm-hmm. because of that. So it's hard to break that down and put it uh, you know in a bite sized form to be an evangelist to say yeah you should be with us we should mm-hmm. be worshiping Jesus together. Mm-hmm. How do you do that? How do you approach that? Because I'm sure that this conversation that you've talked about you had it more than once. Well, you have to. People have to be willing to to sit down and have a conversation about that as well. Sometimes people are, they've already made up their mind that Christianity is a white man's religion and they're not going to, that's it, you know. Um, But those who are willing to listen, we can have a conversation and say, okay, um, let me educate you on uh, the biblicals, the Bible's uh, definition of slavery as opposed to America's definition Mm. of slavery, the the race-based slavery, which the Bible does condemn. Um, in 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 First uh, Timothy, I believe it is. Um, so the Bible does con- condemn uh, man stealing, which is what happened with American-based slavery. The Bible um, uh, condemns uh, the man men slayers to hell, actually. Um, so that needs to be understood, as opposed to uh, ident- uh, um, servitude, mm-hmm. which is different than race-based slavery. That's the voice of Eddie Jones from Eternal City Church. Ben Riach with us as well. We're talking about Christianity and slavery. Why doesn't the Bible just come right out and say slavery's wrong? More conversation coming up next. The leaves are turning, the nights are crisp, and the corn stalks are standing at the springhouse. And that can mean only one thing, autumn, and autumn festivals, too. Isn't it a great time of the year in western Pennsylvania with all of our autumn festivals? We at the springhouse love to take part in them. Not only do we have special fun festival weekends at the springhouse, but we load up our little red van and head out to others in the area. This weekend, we're going to the Covered Bridge Festival at Mingo Park in Washington, County. Come and see us and take home a homemade pie. We're literally making and rolling hundreds of crusts, cooking berry pie fillings, and peeling bushels of apples to get ready for this beautiful, fun festival. Come and see us at the Ebenezer Bridge and then stop at the Springhouse for a great country supper. We're really not far at all. What a fun day for you. Call the Springhouse 228-3339 for more information. What you want is awesome new flooring at a great price. What you don't want is to spend hours at a showroom looking for it. With at-home flooring, you won't have to. At-home flooring is where awesome happens. And their family's been bringing awesome straight into Pittsburgh homes with top-quality hardwood, tile, carpet, and vinyl for over 50 years with their free shop-at-home experience, along with great selection and professional installation. So forget the showroom and schedule a little bit of awesome instead. Visit athomeflooringpgh.com. Providence Presbyterian Church, Washington Alliance Church, Bethlehem Lutheran Church, St. John the Baptist Church, Impact Christian Church, The Bible Chapel. What do all these churches from various denominations have in common? Nello Construction. Design and build with one company. Nello Construction. Full service construction from the ground up. Renovation. Expansion. Nello Construction. The choice for churches. See the projects. Begin the journey at NelloConstruction.com. 
for a satisfying career helping people with disabilities? Consider LifeSteps, who's served Western Pennsylvania since 1923 and offers 100% paid health, dental, and vision premiums for full-time employees. All shifts available. Make a difference and call LifeSteps today at 724-283-1010 or visit LifeSteps.net. That's LifeSteps.net to check out available positions. LifeSteps is an equal opportunity employer. Lauren Daigle, World Tour, the soulful and powerful voice. July 9th at PPG Paints Arena with special guest Johnny Swim. Critics everywhere rave about her passionate performances. Rolling Stone hails the two-time Grammy winner as exceptional. Lauren Daigle, World Tour. Tickets on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. at laurendaigle.com. Produced by AEG Presents. Very nice for this evening. Clear and comfortable tonight, the low 54. Tomorrow, it'll be another beautiful day with bright sunshine, a warm afternoon. Highs tomorrow right around 80. Partly cloudy, milder tomorrow night, low 61. And we'll stay quite warm for Saturday with morning sunshine becoming mixed with some clouds. High Saturday, 82 degrees. With Iraqi weather forecast, I'm meteorologist Danielle Niddle. Well, you're just in time because we're talking about Christians and slavery. It's a little bit of a light topic for a Thursday afternoon. (laughs) With us in studio is Pastor Ben Riach, who joins us from Three Rivers Grace Church in Pittsburgh, the author of Women, Slaves, and the Gender Debate, as well as Eddie Jones and Chris Moran. Chris and Eddie have been with us multiple times over the years from Eternal City Church. Guys, welcome back. All right, so let's talk, uh, let's start with you, Ben. Um, we talked about a little bit, the beginning of our segment, what the Bible actually says about slavery. But can we go a little deeper into that? Yeah. Um, so we know that slavery was a, 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 a cultural practice. So, so let's start us there. Yeah, right. I mean, ever since the, ever since the fall, you know, there's, there's been all kinds of injustices and, and horrible evils in the world, and, and slavery is one of them. I mean, we see it in the biblical storyline as early as um, uh, Abraham and, and Hagar, you know, and then we see Joseph in, in slavery mm-hmm. in Egypt. We see the Israelites enslaved in Egypt and then uh, brought out through the Exodus. So, so slavery is, is throughout the biblical storyline, as is so many other sins. I mean, the Bible just it tells it like it is, right? right. Yep. The good, bad, bad, and the ugly. Yeah. Okay, so, so slavery, you said, is different, biblically speaking, than what we understand from our American history. Um, so what was it like? And I know we're talking about vast, you know, centuries. Spans. So I'm not asking you to give a comprehensive detail. Right, right. I, I think the key point is to see that the Bible accommodates um, the the institution of slavery, but but that we can't take that as an endorsement, a biblical mm-hmm. endorsement of it the institution of slavery. Yeah. It makes space for <laughs> what actually happened. Yeah, and it addresses the world as it is. Um, yeah. in, in the Old Testament, there's there's instructions and, uh, and and parameters that are given to the to the Israelites about how slavery should be practiced. And if you compare that against the cultural context, you see how humane it was. So again, that's not to say that it was it was good, but it was it was very different than what the other nations were practicing around them. Right. And at your point, I think you know it wasn't racially based. Right. It was right, an right, equal right, opportunity right. offender. Right, uh, right, right. I also want to want to say that um, 
the Jews who were in slavery, I think, was similar, similar to American slavery because it, they were abused. Uh, the Jews, they were not treated well. In Egypt. Mm-hmm. But in Egypt. And also in first slaves. century, after yes. the fall of Jerusalem also. Right, right, right. So I think, and that was, um, God delivered them from that. Right. Um, it, it wasn't something that God smiled upon. And uh, he didn't have that regulated. <laughs> he, did, he freed them from that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the slaves um, in America looked at that when they read the Bible and saw themselves in that narrative. They saw hope and there, that, right? And that was one of the reasons they could embrace the Bible. They said, well, listen, if God can free the Jews who were, who were enslaved, just like us, he can do the same thing for us. Right. And when God said, tell the people, I've seen their suffering. Yes, yes, I mean, yes, that's yes. Such a And the slaves had to read that and get hope. Right. right. You know because he's saying? seen my suffering, too. Yes. Now, you bring up a good right. point yeah. because now, you know, Eddie and Chris, you know, you've got um, a diverse church where it's black and white together. Mm-hmm. And this is an intentional thing you've been doing for years here. But, you know, when the, the, when passages are read about slavery in a black church as opposed to a white church, there's a totally different narrative or psychological or spiritual emotional response to that, right, Eddie? Oh, definitely, most definitely, because there's a connection between me and those verses as opposed to Chris. Yeah, okay, verses. so Chris, how do you, when you guys do this, you know, do teaching and church living and whatever together, yeah. black and white, how do you think about that? How do you frame yeah. that? Qu- quick story, then I'll answer your question if that's, if that's okay. Sure. Yeah. So we were going through Ephesians in a small group, and this small group just happened to be all white people. And we got to the portion in chapter six where it talks directly to slaves and obeying your masters. And the, the, the teacher of the curriculum we were using took a lengthy amount of time to differentiate American ethnic-based slavery for life and first century what the Ephesians would have experienced. Sure. And I remember one of the guys uh, who, who was white was like, why, why do we have to take so much time to talk about this? Like, this doesn't matter. You know, and so mm-hmm. that's a that's a great illustration. Because there's of what a Eddie huge distance said. between him and slavery. Yeah, right, like right. Mm-hmm. to him, it didn't make any Doesn't difference. Didn't yeah. matter. Why are we spending so much time on this right now? Right. You know, uh, but for Eddie, you know, going through the ears. same thing <laughs> with yeah. uh, a bunch of black Christians would have spent the whole time exactly. talking about why. Listen, we got to deal with this. Here's what was going on. Right. And it would sound much like this conversation. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. And so for Ben, you know, you've written a book about slavery and, and gender. And talk about that. You know, as, as a, a white pastor, you draw this attention. Why? Tell us that story. Because you're, you're pastoring a church. Not a lot of black people are attending your church. Yeah, I mean, we're we're striving for for more uh, diversity, but it's a pretty common thing, right? I yeah. mean, uh, the church I but, go to, there's you know maybe two hundred people on a Sunday morning, maybe five people or six people are, are African American, mm-hmm. but you know it's 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 like the, the famous phrase, right? We're the most segregated right. during Sunday those morning, hours yeah. on Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, the the way I uh, kind of entered into this conversation uh, in in my PhD program, choosing a PhD uh, a dissertation topic, and so it was it was more through the um, the, the debate over the roles of men and women in the church and in the home. And so as I began to study that further, seeing some of the arguments made uh, on, di- on different sides of this uh, that related to uh, slavery. And so, um, you know, part of my project was to compare and contrast uh, what the New Testament says regarding the roles of men and women and what it says regarding slavery. And so the key insight there is just to see that um, the, the roles uh, of men and women in the home and in the church, those things are consistently rooted in creation, in God's created order, whereas slavery is never based on <clears throat> God's created order. So it's not a God-ordained institution. Good. 
Vital right. point, vital yeah. point, yes. Yeah. You also brought up, um, and for people who are just joining us, uh, we're talking to Ben Riach and Chris Moran and Eddie Jones. We're talking about the subject of slavery and Christianity. Um, ben, you, you likened um, the scriptural treatment of slavery to polygamy. Can you talk about that? Yeah, polygamy would be another example of something the Bible accommodates but does not endorse. And so, uh, you know, coming back to that discussion of uh, individuals, you know, in our history who actually argued from the Bible in favor of slavery, uh, you know, a key response there is to say, well, the Bible doesn't explicitly condemn polygamy either, but that doesn't mean it's okay. Right. We need to take a quick break. We're enjoying the conversation. Hope you stick around. We come back, we're going to talk about... How does the history of slavery in America continue to affect race relations here in the 21st century? Stay tuned. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. 101.5 WORD. You're listening now, so we know you're a fan of the radio station. I am a big fan. And we want you to know that we appreciate you. I'm your number one fan. That's why we've developed the Word FM Fan Club. It's free to join, and once you do, you can take part in exclusive surveys and contests. Yeah, I love contests. Special offers. Great giveaways. Discounts. Freebies. I'd like to win one of these contests. Become a member today. Go to wordfm.com slash fan club and sign up. We're big fans. Are you self-employed or own a business and have a debt of more than $10,000 to the IRS or haven't filed taxes in over two years? Pay close attention. With a call to Oxford Tax partners, you will find the solution to your worries. 888-512-5281. The consultation is free. 888-512-5281. I thought a payment plan was the only option with the IRS until Oxford Tax Partners settled my tax debt completely. Call 888-512-5281. If the federal or state authorities have taken aggressive action against you or your business, Oxford's team of tax attorneys will help you settle your debt every step of the way. Oxford Tax Partners has helped clients in all 50 states, including many in your area. Call today, and in addition to your free consultation, save $600 in services. 888-512-5281. With Oxford Tax Partners, say goodbye to tax worries and hello to greater financial freedom. 888-512-5281. 888-512-5281. Imagine owning a piece of jewelry that once belonged to Bette Midler, Florence Henderson, Burt Reynolds, Shirley Temple, even Elvis Presley. Then don't miss Trinity Jewelers' estate jewelry event. One day only, Tuesday, September 24th. From 10 to 7 p.m., estate jewelry experts from the Singer Estate Collection will showcase a dazzling display of celebrity pieces and exquisite finds from around the world. All pieces will be available for purchase. One day only, 10 to 7, Tuesday, September 24th. Trinity Jewelers, Mount Nebo Road at trinityjewelers.com. Homeowners love their Pella windows and doors, and we love how happy we made Susan from Sewickley. I just have to tell you, this bay window is absolutely beautiful. I mean, it's fantastic. It really is beautiful. I mean, beautiful. Can we install some happiness for you? Right now, get 50% off installation or 18 months, no payments, no interest. Call for your free consultation. We'll come to you. 888-78-PELLA. PellaPittsburgh.com. At Extreme Car and Truck in Bridgeville, find extreme accessories for all your dirty jobs, like hauling landscape supplies. Protect your vehicle with spray-on bed liners, tonneau covers, WeatherTech floor liners, and more. Say goodbye to dirt and grime inside and out with extreme detailing. Plus, lift kits, electronics, and remote starters. Always a favorite. Extreme car and truck in Bridgeville. For the extreme in all of us. At ExtremeTruck.net. 
Hey, thanks for being with us. We're talking with three pastors about Christians and slavery. How does our history of slavery continue to affect race relations in America? Uh, could talk for hours about this, but it needs we a lot sure more could. than talk. Yeah. I feel like, Eddie, we should go to you because you're the only black man in the room, right? <laughs> and I'm not asking you to speak on behalf of your whole ethnic group. I'm not Thank saying you. that. But I would like no for pressure. you to speak on behalf of yourself uh-huh. and say um, – we're obviously in a contortion in America right now. We don't know what to say. We're afraid to say the wrong thing. Um, and so some people don't talk at all. Um, and I think that's probably making the matter worse. Mm-hmm. How do you see so it? So what do you want me to answer? Well, <laughs> well how, do you th- how do you think about it? How do you feel? Race what's happened? Yeah, well, and, and how, how have we been able to not escape slavery? I, one of the things is a lack of acknowledgement of what slavery has done um, with in with rape relations in America from the beginning. It was it didn't start off right, and so and then when slavery ended, <clears throat> all of a sudden you have black people who are free who are in this country. Okay, and it's like okay, what do we do now? What do we do? White people, what do we do with these people? Right. You know, I mean, they so, were free, but they weren't free. No, right, and no, but yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, right. Um, and so we have to be honest about the history of this country. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the issues is the idolatry of patriotism, mm-hmm. if I can say that. Um, meaning there's an image of America that a lot of white people want to hold on to. And, and slavery messes with that image. Right, so the land of the free, home of the brave thing yeah, isn't the yeah. same to you as it is to me. Yeah, yeah, it didn't start out that way anyway. So all of the history, and so I think that's part of the problem. There's just an acknowledgement that needs to be made of the benefit that slavery had in this country. We are the country we are because of right. the economic benefit that slavery had on America. Much was on gained the blacks of from people, the, on the backs on the, on the of the black, black, black people. people. Yes, right. exactly, yeah. Which brings up reparations. Now, for, and for the first time in a long time, or I think for the first time ever, I should say, you know, people talk about reparations. And, of course, when you watch the Democratic debates, mm-hmm. reparations, or uh, that comes up often. Mm-hmm. And this is being moved People are talking about reparations in a serious vein, that there should be some acknowledgement and something should be exchanged on some platform mm-hmm. to make amends for this. This That's is part of the conversation. Interview. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, no, yeah, I, I hear you. Okay, I hear but you. I think that spe- I think what you're saying, John, is that speaks to a desire yeah, to acknowledge yeah. it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Or and to I, at least engage in the least, process. At least, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. I agree with that, yeah. So how does this even work? I mean, how because, you know, Kath says, well, there's a fear of this. And I don't know there's necessarily a fear. There's an uncomfortability that goes so deep into our bones. We would prefer not to, especially exactly. from a white perspective. Yes, yes. It's very uncomfortable. And, 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 and let me say this, too. I am not talking about white guilt or making white people feel guilty at all. Please, I'm not talking about that at all. That, that should not happen. That doesn't help either. Someone's talking about that. I'm just talking about having a healthy conversation, yeah. honest conversation. Which is hopefully, I mean, as you and Chris come together, right, at Eternal City, you're trying to do this on a, on a weekly basis yeah, with we this community yeah. that you've built. Yeah, so Chris, how do you think about that? Uh, what specifically? How do you think about working through scripture passages, being a church together yeah. when you know that you're trying to foster you know, different races together as a church family. Yeah, it's one of our five core commitments. It's to unify people. And we say that cultures, classes, colors, capacities. And Eddie and I were the first pastors of the church. 
And so from the beginning, we said this is a core commitment of the church. And what we also said was we're going to have hard, awkward Mm -hmm. conversations over and over and over until they're not so awkward. And how's that worked? It it has worked, but it's offended some people and people have left. Like, so it's not without casualties. Right. No. Um, So it's hard. People people have left because feelings have been hurt? Well, that and disagreements yeah, on yeah. any number of any of these issues that come up. It's not a it's not a pleasant we're not we're not talking about um what kind of coffee we should get for the coffee machine. Like right, this right. is this has four hundred years of significance and, and even now we are man, it's raging in the politics right. like crazy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And okay, I was not, yeah. I was even thinking as Eddie was talking, there's people listening to this who are gonna say Eddie's a neo-Marxist. I know. Mm-hmm. Sure. So I, I'm so glad yeah, he said, yeah. I'm so glad he said, I'm not talking about white guilt. So he just mm-hmm. smashed that right there. But I'm so thankful you said that because I was going to mm-hmm. just come behind you and say, he's not a Marxist. Okay, <laughs> leave him alone. Right. Okay, so so let me bring up an example. Yeah. So Eddie's out at my house a couple summers ago and we're eating dinner on our front porch and we were talking about some of these issues and how awkward it is. And he said something that I had never thought of. He said... Kathy, the only reason we know each other is because I came to where you were, which is true. Wait, so on a Sunday morning. Okay, so he came. Eddie walked into my church, which is a mostly white church, and that's how we met. So, Eddie, you heard Kath on the radio and thought, I I need to go visit her? I don't remember (laughs) how that happened. Yeah, I don't remember, actually. I think. I was just visiting. Uh, a friend of mine, Brian, was there. A friend of mine was going to your church, oh, Brian. Oh, right. Okay. And, um, That's right. And I just came to visit. Oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. And we just started talking, yeah. I think. I yeah. think it was... And so we've been friends since then, but yeah, it, was really years, in, yeah. it was really instructive for me to be able to realize that, that that is how it happened. Mm-hmm. We didn't meet because I went into his neighborhood mm-hmm. in Wilkinsburg. Because it was intentional. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and it has to be intentional. I cannot stress that enough. It has to be intentional. Okay, so but even in, you know, even in the, the incubator and the safety confines of the church where there is the, the verbiage of grace and forgiveness, even within that and your intentionality of gathering together white and black weekly, I'm sure more, in Eternal City, there is still anger, hard feelings, repercussions when race conversations are talked about i i would say so yeah and so then i'm sorry so then then how do we even within the safety of the church with grace and forgiveness and christ in the middle if you can't have the conversation there successfully right yeah then then what what hope do we have for the greater society yeah chris I, i would like to say that you have to have it in person Versus just throwing your blog out there, throwing your tweet out like there, this. throwing your Facebook out there, and like, the you know, waiting for some kind of response digitally. When we have done sermons together about this, right, yeah, and right, so yeah. I literally, we're trying to demonstrate unity as we're preaching. I go 15 minutes, you go 15 minutes. I go 15 minutes, you go 15 minutes. And, and we're talking about from the white perspective, if you will, not assuming I'm speaking for all white people. Right, right. And he going from a black perspective, not assuming he's speaking for all black people. But I remember you saying that the Irish and the Africans back in the beginning were on equal grounds as yep. slaves. And that yeah, was so really helpful service, for people. Yes. You saw yeah. people's eyes go, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah. yeah, until the issue of race was was brought about by the uh, by the slave masters to cause division purposefully. And that's how we got um, mm. the term race, because it was, it was never used before. Um, but it was used to cause division. That's a whole other conversation sure, in itself, too. Mm-hmm. But 
Okay, so then, Ben, as you hear this conversation and you see Eddie and Chris working through this, you came at this from um, from a more uh, intellectual perspective, right? And so there's – with your church, which is I'm sure like my church and Kathy's church, which is an extremely white church, how do you as a white pastor talk to a white congregation of something which is – you know, you've spent considerable time writing, thinking, praying on this. How does that work in your congregation's life? Yeah, well, I've uh, you know preached on on some of these similar things that that Chris and Eddie have talked about, um, and we've we've uh, over the years have had a couple of, of book clubs, kind of book conversations. Mm-hmm. One uh, this this book here by Anthony Carter called "On Being Black and Reformed," so just gathering people who would be willing to read this mm-hmm. book and come Excellent together for book. a discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, another book by Jarvis Williams called One New Man. Yes, yes, uh, this yes. past year we had Jarvis come and, and preach, and, and yes. Eddie was there and part of some of those yes. conversations. So just trying to keep it on our radar in some of those ways. Okay, so yeah. there's an intentionality <clears throat> happening. Yes, yes. And, and one of the – we did a uh, – um, went through the book of Ephesians uh, about a year or so ago. And um, we took turns doing different chapters. And I did chapter two, which talks about reconciliation. And I brought up some hard stuff. I showed images of, of, of um, separation in the 60s during the Civil Rights mm-hmm. Movement, uh, white water fountains and black water fountains mm-hmm. and white bathrooms and black bathrooms. Yeah. And I talked about that. I talked about these were physical signs of division and separation. Now, we don't have those anymore. We don't have the, but you know what? We can have the same division that can be right here in our hearts. Well, we we have these divisions in some way because you know when um, uh, I mean physical signs is what I meant. You oh, don't right. have white yeah, sure. bathrooms or black, but that that was my point. I see. Yeah. So you know when a black uh, young black man is killed by uh, police, which happens, right? Mm-hmm, right. Then yeah. you know there's there's an uprising. There's a conversation like this. Mm-hmm. People come together, but then the anger dissipates or it's muffled for a while until it happens again. Right, and we go through yeah. the cycle. Right. A cycle. Exactly. Yeah. You know, we still got some. some issues we definitely had some some things that need to be addressed but right. none of those things are going to be well addressed if we're not willing to have awkward difficult conversations in which we actually might be offended um, honestly exactly we might be exactly. offended and, and but be offended, you know what yeah. we're going to have to even sit through the offense and stay but yeah. wait, how does that work or when does that work well, it only we works s- i think with people that you know you have a relationship with so i can have this conversation with eddie right. i could just you know if you're having a conversation online it's just too easy to get mad at the person because exactly. you don't know anything yeah. about them yeah. okay let's take a break stick around would you please we're talking about christians and slavery we've got three pastors in studio with us we'll be back in just a few minutes hope you stick around Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HenneyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life. They're not in it for the money. They don't do it for the fame. It's certainly not about the fringe benefits. No, for a Christian teacher, the real reward is found in the everyday triumphs of a child as they learn not only about their world, but discover their unique place in it. This is how love inspires learning. Visit pittsburghchristianschools.net. Education for mind and soul. pittsburghchristianschools.net. 
Hey, Pittsburgh, this is Tun Shilkin for my good friends at Calusi Chevrolet. This month, you could qualify for 18% off the MSRP on select models of the all-new redesigned 2019 Silverado pickup. That's over $9,300 in savings on select Silverado double cab all-stars. The team at Calusi has been serving Pittsburgh for over 100 years, so you can buy with confidence. Check them out at Calusi.com. Find new roads at Calusi Chevrolet. Driving home is more relaxing without worrying about malware on your devices or identity theft. LifeLock with Norton. Outstanding protection for your identity and devices. For a limited time, get 30% off your first year ends October 6th. Join at LifeLock.com. Use promo code RISK. Dentistry, in my opinion, shouldn't be a fear-inducing experience. And it really, I think, goes a long way for patients when I'm able to develop that one-on-one relationship with them. Exceptional dentistry meets compassion. Care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Well, Jason, I've got to tell you, you're pretty much everything this company is looking for in an entry-level candidate. Great. Your resume isn't quite what we're used to, but you've got a fantastic work ethic. Thank you. And I'm impressed by how you carry yourself. So, should we talk about the job? Uh, what? The job? Oh, sorry. Yeah, I have no way of recruiting or even meeting you. This interview didn't happen. It may sound ridiculous, and that's because it kind of is. There's a huge pool of talent your company is missing out on. Meet the grads of life. Who are they? Talent worth knowing about. Young adults of unique determination and experience. An ideal fit for your company in an entry-level position, internship, or even mentorship. They might not have every qualification you typically look for, but they're exactly who your company needs. Man, we really could have used him. Don't miss out on a resource many innovative companies have already discovered. Go to gradsoflife.org to learn how to find, cultivate, and train this great pool of untapped talent. Brought to you by the Ad Council and gradsoflife.org. Hey, thanks for being with us. We're talking about Christians and slavery. It's one of those instances where time is way too oh short. Oh, my gosh. And quite honestly, right. the conversation off the air is probably better than what's on the air. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's how it is. All right. So with only a couple minutes left, um, so what can we do? Like just a couple things that you think, a couple concrete things that you think that people who are listening could do to further an understanding between black and white in America. Eddie, you want to start? Educate yourself. Educate yourself on the history of slavery in America. Educate yourself on... Um, civil rights movement, civil rights. Edu- educate yourself on black people in general if you're white and vice versa. Okay. Um, and to do that, you've got to hang out. And you have to, yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, purposely. It has to be done. It has to be intentional. It's not going to happen by osmosis. You have to intentionally do this. Okay. Ben, Riach. Yeah, I would connect this back with our earlier discussion about um, individuals in history who had these blind spots. How did they miss this? How did they mm, own yeah. slaves and um, and support slavery, even from the Bible, that should be humbling for us. What am I missing? What are my blind spots? And by the nature of blind spots, I mean, I can't see my own blind spots. So, so yeah, again, the community of having conversations like these, having friendships like these where right. we can talk through this and, 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 and be humble enough to say, hey, hey, guys, hey, friends, what am I missing? Right. Yeah, Chris. I think for Christians. I'm sorry. That's okay. I think for Christians, we need to familiarize ourselves with the Bible and what it says about slavery. And Philemon would be a great place mm-hmm. to start. Mm-hmm. I mean, there is massive scholarship done on Philemon. And there's, you know, that's one of the things we did was we went through Philemon, took four weeks on it, and we talked about how uh, uh, American ethnic mm-hmm. for life 
based slavery was so different than first century and Old Testament slavery. And I think that Christians would do well to understand the differences so that when, if they're evangelizing, if they're trying to do apologetics, they can see the differences for themselves, have it internal so it's ready to come out when it needs to come out. But then practically, you have to be intentional about building relationships with other ethnicities and listening to them and not just telling them your views, your thoughts, your point. Mm -hmm. Um, you, You listen. Talk less, listen more, and learn. Be humble and learn. There's a lot to learn. Nice. Okay, so speaking of being intentional, talk about Eternal City. You guys meet when and where, and tell tell us those specifics. Yeah, so we meet Sunday evenings uh, at 5 o'clock in Wilkinsburg. We meet in the Covenant Reformed Presbyterian Church Building, 1300 Swissville Avenue, and you can find out all about us at eternalcity.org. Very nice. Okay, Ben, tell us about your church. Yeah, Three Rivers Grace Church. Um, our website is the number three riversgrace.org. We, we meet in two locations, one in the West End in the Elliott neighborhood, and then uh, just started a new location in the North Hills in McCandless. Nice. Great church. I've been there many times. Love nice. it. Of course you would be there many times. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing you have enough time to go to your own church, pal. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, guys, thanks a lot. I mean, uh, as all conversations that are deep like this, we've just tinily scratched the surface. Yeah, but we appreciate yeah. you coming in here thanks and uh, going at it. Really, we do. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks Thank for you. having us. Our pleasure. You. Love you all. Love you. We're up and running, uh, johnandkathyshow.com, for the podcast. You want to go back and listen again or just uh, check it out, look for us on Facebook, The Ride Home with John and Kathy. Marriage in four words. Register whatever your uh, nomination is on Facebook or Twitter. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Salem Media Group. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.